What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Daniel Howitt's interview with the directors for Bobby Wine, the People's President. Christopher Sharp and Moses Bawayo. This is a message to the government. I met Bobby at university. I didn't know he was a musician. He was different. We are for I didn't have so many dreams. She impacted my life. She made me realize we had to impact other lives. I've come to parliament and taken an oath to protect the constitution of Uganda. Somebody had to speak for us. People thought I had the loudest voice. Again, one more confident time. This year's presidential election could see 71-year-old President Museveni serve a fifth term in office. No leader has ever handed over power peacefully. This is a military regime dressed in a civil facade. We have the Honorable Bobby Wine with us. Moses and Christopher, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Congratulations on all the success of the film. Uh, I really love it, and I'm so glad people are seeing it. So let's start right there uh, with with the Academy Award. What's it been like since receiving this nomination for the film? Well, it's been just fantastic. I mean, you know, you start off with these projects. Moses and I have been on this for six, seven years. And the whole thing about making documentaries, you just, you really don't know if you're going to have a film. You know, you start filming and you don't know how it's going to go, where it's going to go. And at every stage we've, you know, when we managed to get it into Venice and then we got it into Telluride and each just, just felt so wonderful. And so it's just been the most incredible journey. And also just knowing that it actually makes such a difference. Um, You know, it's, it's such, it's such a great cause and it's such a great story for democracy. It's been fantastic. It's so exciting. Yeah, Moses, for you as well, what's it been like since receiving the nomination? It's been really humbling, you know, the the attention we have received. And, you know, like Christopher said, you know, we did set out to make an award-winning film. You know, we were just documenting the story of our country, um, you know, and it's 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 been such a blessing and honor, you know. Um, yeah, we thank all the support that we thank everybody who has supported this film and gotten us this far. We are we are really humbled by by this success. Thank you. Well, uh, let's start at the beginning about where this project started. Um, how how did you initially begin the process of filming this to be a, a documentary? When did you know this? We need to make this into a film. Yeah. So I grew up in Uganda, and my father grew up in Uganda, so I had a sort of connection there. 
And I met Bobby and Barbie in Europe in 2017. And I literally just sat down with them and, and we had this, obviously, this Uganda connection. And they started telling me what they were doing, how Bobby had grown up in the ghetto, quite difficult. You know, he lost his parents at a young age. He'd mm. paid for himself to go to university through his musical talents. And then he'd met Barbie and he had this wonderful family and life was going really, really well. And he was about to risk everything and go up against a dictator who at that point had been in power for 34 years. And you knew how brutal he was and you knew what Bobby was letting himself into. And then I met Moses in Kampala and um, you know we started working together and filming together. And I must say it's been, it's just been a wonderful journey and it's been wonderful doing it together. And it, it's one of those situations where two of us is better than one. So it's it's been really, it's been fabulous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Daniel, you know, when Christopher reached out to me that he wanted to make a film on Bobby, you know, I was just like, wow, what a blessing. Because uh, at that time, Bobby had just run a successful campaign and gotten into parliament, you know, and he was asking, his messaging um, was everyone needs to get involved in the the going zone in the country, right? He ran in a small um, uh, district in his constituency, uh, 175% of the vote, you know, but his messaging was, it was almost like a national campaign, you know, when he was hosted on radio and TV, the way he was speaking, he was speaking to my heart and speaking to so many others like me, you know, in the country. Um, so already when Christopher reached out, I was already like, oh my God, I want to vote. I want to participate. And here was, you know, an opportunity to, to cover this story and, and tell the story of, of you know, a, a young nation and a, a generation that is rising up to totalitarianism. You know, it was, uh, it's been a blessing really on this journey, as Christopher says, you know, we, it's been a great partnership and yeah. Well, when embarking on the film, you sort of knew that there would be heavy resistance going in from the the president, from uh, the government. And was there anything that actually surprised you along the way uh, in their resistance to you, sometimes violent resistance to to the project? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they displayed such violence to everyone. Um, I mean, what they tend to do, which is rather cynical and unpleasant, they always pick on the little guy. So, you know, most of the people who are abducted, um, disappear, who are tortured, are the people who who are least, least able to defend themselves. And they have this campaign of fear. One thing um, we really discovered that the camera keeps Bobby safe. So the more people filming him, the more press he gets, the more attention. It really, really helps. I mean, Moses will tell you in a minute what, what he personally suffered, but everyone around Bobby is at risk. I mean, just literally a few days ago, mm -hmm. um, a member of Bobby's team was picked up and he disappeared. Um, mm -hmm. They're meant to produce people within court within 48 hours. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy was missing for 10 days. Um, and, you know, they don't know how badly he's been tortured. That sort of stuff happens all the time, but it's a violent, dangerous 
place. Moses, to talk a little yeah. bit about. Yeah, and, you know, uh, what was really surprising, Daniel, was the fact that, you know, this violence uh, started happening to the press and, you know, members of the Fourth Estate. In the beginning, of course, it was the political activists. It was people like Bobby, those close to him, his family. But what shocked us, you know, was that they started meeting the same violence against us, the press. You know, I was shot in the face at close range. I was locked up in prison, interrogated, on a, uh, you know, and, and arrested on a few occasions, you know. And, of course, it's meant to intimidate. It's meant to stop, you know, to stop, um, stop us from covering what was going on. Um, in fact, midway, the project, I think three or four years in, um, they they banned all uh, all media houses from um, broadcasting live pictures uh, about Bobby um, or following Bobby. So you know, there's this sense of fear that has been created in the country, and journalists uh, and and media houses now have self censorship. You know, so they they cannot report on certain issues, and yeah, so that that was really shocking and surprising. Mm -hmm. I was always waiting for a moment where your cameras were confiscated, your footage was destroyed, things like that. Um, did you share that same concern? I assume you did. And how did you protect the uh, film itself along the way? Indeed, it happened. Those things you describe happened. You know, I was arrested. Cameras were taken away. We, we you know, uh, uh, footage. But luckily, um, you know, over time, we kind of came up with a system, right? We would, you know, of course, assess situations with Chris every time, but we came up with a system and sometimes I would read the situation and know, okay, maybe there will be an arrest or something is going to happen. And I would hand cards to like, you know, Boda Boda guys. Uh, Boda Bodas are like uh, motorcycle taxis, you know? So I would hand cards to these guys and and or, or to a friend or to like a shopkeeper or something and then find a way to protect that footage. But yes, you know, um, cameras were taken, cameras were destroyed. We went through a few a few cameras. You know, what we we usually joke with Chris that this is one of the most expensive you know films we, we you know that has been made because you know the cameras, microphones, and equipment that we lost in the process. You know. Yeah, so th those things did did happen, but um, again, it was such a convenient um, working relationship, you know, because um, I had to, we had to send footage out every now and then, and you know, um, Chris sat through hours and hours of footage, you know, from Uganda and. and you know, he was in the edit a lot and crafting the story, and you know, on the phone all the time. Uh, it was a very convenient setup. Yeah, that that we wouldn't have done it any different. I think. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I think that pro protected the project very well. Yeah. 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 I want to hear more about the the editing process. Like you said, yeah. this was shot over many years, uh, lots and lots, countless hours of footage. Yeah. Um, tell, tell me about assembling the film itself in the editing room. Yeah, so we spent two years actually sitting in the edit, um, you know, every day, sometimes at the weekend as well. And before that, there was a huge amount of logging. And we ended up yeah. with 4,000 hours of footage. Now, some of that was stuff we shot. We had a lot of archive. We had a lot of news footage. And then also people were, you know, people have their iPhones. And we just yeah. tried to amass 
absolutely everything. We actually, I mean, there's one little thing, um, sequence where we set up a camera for Bobby and Barbie to film themselves at home. And there's a sequence when he comes back from Parliament and he's sitting on the sofa. And that was, you know, that that was just shot, shot by them. So we had this huge amount of material. We could have made a 10 hour long film. Um, and I think it would have been okay, you know, yeah. <laughs> not how much there's a market for 10 hours. We knew we didn't want to make a series. We wanted to make a feature documentary yeah. and really wanted to bring it down under two hours because it just felt that that was the right length. And the other thing is, you know, we had so many other characters who had been tortured, who had suffered a great deal and were deserving of being in the film and it was difficult to not have them but what we decided eventually was that by staying close to bobby and barbie and their family you felt the pain of uganda through them best and it was sort of it was strongest it was strongest with them and they're both i mean as you see in the film they're these heroic people and barbie i mean is just just incredible, you know, keeping her whole family together while all this stuff is going on and protecting her children. And at the same time being, I mean, she is the first lady of Uganda. I mean, she's so greatly loved and she's, you know, they constantly have people coming to their house. They're constantly generous. They're giving, I mean, extraordinary people. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Was there any point in time, uh, you know, Bobby is a performer uh, before he was a, a politician. Um, he was a performer. How did you help him stay authentic? Well, with cameras on him at all times. Was that ever a, a difficulty uh, with a subject of a documentary being a performer? Um, no, actually, you know, um, Bobby was a very well documented artist. Uh, you know, the celebrity family. Um, but uh, in the beginning, you know, it took a bit of time until when we started realizing that the camera was a lifeline to them. And when that happened, it, 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 the access grew, you know, to the family and it became this intimate, uh, intimate, um, uh, uh, we got this wonderful access with, within the family, kids and and the the, the life at home and, you know, so yeah, he 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 was you know very present all the time, and and yeah, and I mean when the camera became a lifeline, you know, I I by the end of of the filming, I I I had a place to crash in their house, you know, um, and yeah, we've gone on to become great great friends and family now, you know, um, but yeah, I was only noticed when I wasn't there, you know, but when I was there, it was seamless but when i was not you know they picked up the phone moses have you been locked up what's going on you know where are you <laughs> yeah and there was few few moments like that you know but um yeah yeah i mean dan just going back to the music you know it's yeah. 
Bobby communicates with the people through music. So he's not allowed to do concerts, that people aren't allowed to play his music on the radio, but you can't stop the music. You know, it's social media, so it's out there. But when Bobby wants to get a message or he wants to pick people up or he wants to talk to the police, he does it through his music. So when we were in the edit, we kind of felt that the music had to be an intrinsic part of the story. So we very much used it as a device for telling the story. And that's why we put the lyrics on screen because we wanted them to, we wanted every word of every song to actually have a place. So there's nothing, there's no random music in the, in the film. It's, it's all relevant to the story and it's, yeah, it's, it's Bobby. I mean, I, I, I always say, you know, if you had those 4,000 hours of footage and you gave it to someone who wanted to do a less complimentary film about Bobby Wine, I think they'd struggle. Um, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, you know, they are remarkable people. Hmm. Yeah, and just in addition to what Christopher said, you know, the music really lifts the spirit within the film, right? And it makes the film very light, you know, because it's a hard subject. It's a heavy subject that we're telling the world. But because of the music, you live inspired, you live, you want to do something, right? The audience lives with courage and inspiration, and that's who Bobby Wine is. You know, that's, yeah. Well, yeah, the, the movie speaks so much to the power of art in addition to just the power of, of the people as well. So uh, what's it been like being on this, the, the promotional end of this film, especially here in America? I know um there there's just a lack of awareness of what's going on in many parts of the world for americans uh uganda included uh so what's it been like sort of um revealing this story about what's been going on in uganda to americans and and um, i'm curious if you've had any conversations with american politicians about the aid that that u.s sends to uganda things like that i mean i think i mean just going straight to the aid question i mean one of the things I found particularly difficult as being someone from, you know, fr from the West is uh, it felt like there was a massive betrayal to Bobby and those around him because they had played by our rules, you know, nonviolent, democratic, everything had been done exactly in the way that we, we believe. But at the same time, this is a, a military dictatorship that supported by America, Europe, England. And it just felt, you know, you go through all this, the election was so clearly rigged, Bobby had so clearly won the election, and we took out a lot of footage. Um, you know, we had policemen literally with black bags stuffing ballots. We had people going through and ticking Museveni's name, you know, on, on ballot papers again and again and again. You know, we would go and film in places where thousands of people would turn up to see Bobby and then Museveni's candidate would turn up and no one would come and then Museveni would get 100% of the vote. Mm -hmm. So it was so farcical yeah. um, that, you know, when you get to the end and you expect the West to be really outraged and you get, you know, we are, we are troubled by this election, but within a month, the aid is obviously still flowing again. You know, Museveni's being received as a sort of, you know, fellow president. And then so, someone like Bobby, who actually represents what we believe in, 
is not supported. It it is really it's upsetting. And to Bobby's credit, you know, I was certainly more upset about it than he was, because he he just no, we've got to keep going. We've got to tell our story. And I, I I mean, what has been really wonderful for me, Moses, Bobby, Bobby, is just how people have really cared about this story. Because as you say, you know, Uganda's slightly off the beaten track, particularly for America. And but people have really embraced it. And I think the reason for that is that it's a story about democracy, which we're all up against, you know, here in the States, all over the world, we're fearful for the fragility of democracy. And here is a man who's really fighting purely for democracy, nothing else. That's what he's saying. He's saying that people should be in charge and the people who are leading should be servants to the people. So it's a message to everyone. And I think that's why the film's done really well, because I think people have seen, they've seen the mirror, they've seen a reflection of what we're all up against. Yeah, just in addition to that, uh, Daniel, you know, um, sometimes we go to screenings and the audience, um, someone in the audience comes and says, look, what do you want me to do? You know, I had no idea, you know, this was happening. And right there, that question, you know, is is what we want to hear, you know, at the end of the film. And that is really gratifying the fact that, you know, audiences want to do something about this film, about the situation, uh, you know, back home. You know, that really is what we wanted to do. That's what we wanted the audience to come out with, you know. And yeah, so the film has been very well received uh, in the U.S., um, uh, film festivals and, you know, um, we've picked up a few awards here and there. Um, we've really, uh, this attention goes so far, you know, we've, we've, we are so grateful by how, you know, uh, people have stepped up to support the film and, and yeah. And what, I'm curious about reception in Uganda. Um, of course, we saw Museveni's response to the filming while you were in process. Uh, but what has what has the response been, especially to the success, to the Oscar nomination? Um, is is the attention uh, does that increase the danger for for you, for Bobby and Barbie back home? What's what's it been like in Uganda uh, itself? So um, they, you know, the Ugandan people have have received the you know the attention. I mean, it's it, it again. It just goes so far because this film is a lifeline to Bobby. The Ugandan people and those fighting for change, um, Bobby and and the the National Unity Platform, his political party uh, that he leads, did a screening uh, about a week ago, and and you know the people that Christopher was describing that were picked up, um, disappeared, uh, were picked up while they were going to to, to the screening. Um, so yes, the dictatorship now they know that. Um, the world is watching. And in fact, the morning of the, the nomination, uh, Bobby and Bobby had been under house arrest for a week. Um, and that morning, the military and police withdrew from their house. So this is what we were saying with this film. It's a current story. It has not stopped. It's still happening, right? Um, so this attention, you know, goes so far. I mean, it's well-received. We are grateful but every level of attention is a lifeline, right? Um, I mean, they withdrew from their home. They had been under house arrest for a week, right? 
And we recently had uh, Museveni, the, the dictator that has been in power for 38 years, saying, um, smearing, he has started a smear campaign against the opposition. He's now saying that the opposition was kidnapping their own supporters and their own candidates. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, that right there for me, that's him admitting the atrocities that they've done, right? So yes, the film is exposing them and it continues to highlight the need to protect democracies because democracies are fragile systems. This film is not just about Uganda. It's a film about global issues that we're all dealing with today. Democracies are fragile and we need to protect them as a people, as people who love goodwill, as goodwill people around the world. I mean, just on a positive note, you know, Bobby was out meeting people um, all over the country a couple of months ago, and it was the first time that they didn't use tear gas against them. And I think, you know, that I think the film must take a little bit of credit to that because now they know the world is watching and these big scenes of beating people publicly and tear gassing them and putting them in vans and taking them away. I think they feel a little bit less comfortable doing that. So they'll still do the picking up people, you know, quietly disappearing, torturing people. But I think it's made it's made a lot of people safer. And and so so that's yeah, I mean, that's positive. Amazing. Well, again, thank you so much for the film. Uh, congratulations on all the success and, and, and the continued success along the way. Uh, so best of luck. Thank Thanks you, so Daniel. Much. Thank, thank you for having us. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with the directors for Bobby Wine, the People's President, Christopher Sharp and Moses Bawayo here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Bobby Wine, the People's President is available to stream on Disney Plus and is up for your consideration for Best Documentary Feature Film at the Academy Awards. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. 
Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.